Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Sunday get-together on CBS Sports Radio. Jody Mac live in the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Need to know what it takes for your home to fit both your budget and your family? Rocket can. All right. No, it's six days away, but it's the last time I can talk about it before they actually compete in the second jewel of racing's Triple Crown. So we're going to do a little bit of a on-the-come Preakness preview. Six days out. Haven't drawn the post positions. Don't even know what horses are going to be in the race yet. We've got a pretty good grasp, but it's not official. Shoot. Last week, we uh, last two weeks ago, we talked to Gary Mandela about the Kentucky Derby. We thought we knew the 20 horses were going to be in. Oh, there was a last-minute substitution, and all the sub did was come in and win from the 20 posts and pay 80 to 1. So, uh, an imperfect preview, but we'll give you some pretty good insight to it. Joining me is my buddy from the West Coast, trainer Gary Mandela. Gary, Jody Mack here. How are you, bud? How are you doing? Good, good. Jody. How are you, man? Very good. Um, let me start here. You know, I talk about all sports here, not just horse racing. Thank you when you give an assist on the horse racing side. But there is such a thing known as the unwritten rules of sports. In baseball, you don't steal bases when you're up by double-digit runs in the eighth or ninth inning. Uh, In basketball, you don't full-court press when you're up by 25 in the second half. In football, you run the football rather than throw it five consecutive plays when you're up by four touchdowns with less than 10 minutes to go is if you win the Kentucky Derby, one of horse racing's unwritten rules, you have to show it to Baltimore two weeks later and continue the quest for a triple crown. There have been a few horses that have deviated from this past path, excuse me, uh, probably most famously Spendabuck, who did it because a racetrack in New Jersey offered a much bigger financial bonus to run up there uh, after he won the Kentucky Derby, and that was in 1985. Uh, it is very atypical, um, particularly so for the Cinderella story types like uh, Mind That Bird, who nearly uh, won the Preakness, actually, the year that he came back off of his upset in the Kentucky Derby. Uh, when you're so far ahead of the game like you are with a horse like this that you bought for just $30,000 and you shocked the world as the longest shot on the board, it's easy to say, well, what do we have to lose? Without knowing Eric Reed personally, all I can say is he knows this horse. He had him perfect on Derby Day. He knows what it takes to have him be at his best, obviously. And if he thinks running him back in 14 days isn't the right thing, then you got to tip your hat to the guy taking care of what he believes is best for his horse and bucking all the pressure that there is to keep to tradition. I understand it, as you just well explained. It doesn't mean I have to like it, and I don't. If you win the Kentucky Derby, um, unless your horse is injured, and they could have gone down that route because that happens all the time. Well, he didn't come out perfectly. We need to get him. He just basically came out and said, yeah, we're not going. We're going to be in New York five weeks later. Um, So I appreciate the honesty, but 
I do think that's one of those unwritten rules that you're kind of obligated to show up in Baltimore. And you, like you pointed out, you can't you can't have a losing enterprise now with this horse that you bought for thirty thousand. He's won the Kentucky Derby. Uh, he's already pocketed you pocketed more money than you ever had right to believe you're going to do so with the horse. I think you kind of got to give something back to the sport. But that's just me. All right. So no strike, Rich. If he had gone in the Preakness, would he have been the favorite? No. I don't believe so. Would, would he have been terribly overbet and an underlay? Absolutely. Would he have been the favorite? I don't think he would have. I think Epicenter would have still gone off the favorite. You know, too many people, Jody, believe in this myth that the turns at Pimlico are tighter and that speed holds up there. Jody, you, you bet a lot of races just like I do on racetracks on big days, Breeders' Cups, Derbies, what have you, Pennsylvania Derby Day. How often is the track speed favoring on a day that they give away a lot of money? Too often. So always. It's, it's no difference. You always factor that in. This idea that you can't win with a closer at Pimlico is nonsense. Um, and And because of that, but because some people still believe it, and there is a lot of unprofessional gambler money in the pools in Triple Crown races, yep. uh, that that still percolates through certain journalistic outlets that don't necessarily do their homework. They just hear the Pimlico has tighter turns and it's a speed favoring track without doing some research and you know talking to somebody like yourself or somebody from the racing forum and somebody from the thoroughbred daily news and getting the the real story on it and that kind of drives the, the wagering that way i believe although i had no part of rich strike and i know you had no part of rich strike our horses did okay i think you were a zandon guy who rounded out the super fact i don't have to try i had simplistic at 35 to one who rounded out the super so we had a pretty good gas grasp on the race except the eventual winner and he certainly was aided by, even though I think Churchill was souped up and, and somewhat speed favoring over the earlier races in the day. They just went too fast in the Derby. And that was one of the things I thought could happen, uh, that they, there was more speed in there than maybe it showed in the past performances. And because all those great stats you gave us some last time you were on about the, the winner having come from no worse than third in the last 12, 13, 14 straight Derbies, that that I thought that there would be too much speed on the front end. It could actually be a closer's race. Now, I didn't know it's going to be Rich Strike who did it, but I did handicap the race pretty well. The field that we've got as of right now, looks like they're going to go postward with 11 on uh, next Saturday in Baltimore. Will it be as contested on the front end as the Kentucky Derby was? I think it could be. Um, particularly so with the late edition of the California shipper Armagnac, yep. uh, who, who has enough speed. He didn't have enough speed to run with Forbidden Kingdom out here in California early on, but he might be fast enough for a horse like Early Voting, uh, who is the likely pace setter, is pr- likely the wise guy horse, betting-wise, going into the Preakness this year. Um uh, but early voting didn't have that sprint speed like Forbidden Kingdom had. And Armagnac might be able to run with him early. I also don't think Joel Rosario is going to take Epicenter quite as far back as he did in the Kentucky Derby in this one. I think he'll be closer. And Secret Oath, the filly, uh, though she doesn't attest the early pace, 
she's been making a strong middle move in her races and forcing the issue earlier than most horses do. So I don't think they're going to go 21 and change the first quarter, but I have a feeling that the three quarter split's going to be pretty lively here. And I think you could end up with a race that suits a horse coming from out of it. Coming from off. Yeah, we do see it the same. Once again, that's good. Me and Gary Mandel on the same page. We'll see if we end up on the same couple of horses, but we're trying to predict the way the race is going to be run ahead of time. Let me ask you about Secret Oath, um, because she did try the boys early, went to the Arkansas Derby, made a major move in that race, and then flattened out, um, went in against the girls in the uh, Kentucky Oaks, won very impressively. Um, but going against the boys is a little bit of a different story, but it's not like we haven't seen it before, where a filly uh, jumps into the fray on Preakness Day and does quite well. How does this horse compare to the other fillies who have tried the, the second jewel of the Triple Crown with mixed results, some bad, but some wins? Uh, yeah, for certain. Uh, if we put them in a match race situation, would I pick her over Rachel Alexandra? No. Would I pick her over Swiss, Swiss Skydiver? Excuse me. Yeah, I actually think she's more talented than okay. than that particular filly. So, can she win? Yes, she can. The trick to figuring out Secret Oath is twofold. Number one, this is a filly. In an era of fresh horses usually have an advantage, she has not missed a start since October. She started twice in October, and she has run once a month since. And the cliche that I always lay on you, how much juice is left in the lemon? How many more steps forward can she take, especially off of such a big performance 15 days prior? Um, The other trick with her is this early move. Contreras did it in the Arkansas Derby. got blamed that he got her beat. Saez wins on her, and he's the hero with the rider change. But if you watch the race, he actually gives her exactly the same ride. Same she thing, yep. The same early <laughs> move and really <laughs> wide on the turn. And I'm wondering if this is something that is mental with this filly, that she doesn't want to run the turns right up against the fence. Some horses like to carry themselves what, what we call in the business of lugging out. And they like to be in those outer paths, and some horses wear a blinker to help them with that. She does not, but but she's showing – the way she's been ridden in her last two races makes you wonder if it's not a coincidence and that the rider may not have as many options as he would like to have. And as difficult as it is to win a race like the Preakness with a filly, it's even more so if your filly's not easy to ride. So – Athletic ability-wise, she's good enough to win the race. The way that she's been brought into the race, not with Preakness as the ultimate goal, the way that she's showing with her running style that she's developing a bit of a quirk, again, I think there's going to be a lot of fan money betting the filly in the Preakness. I think that's going to drive your price low, and I don't think she's going to offer you much value. Uh, you and I are on the same page there. All right. You mentioned Epicenter before, who you believed, even if uh, Rich Strike was in the race, would be the favorite. No Rich Strike. I think she's guaranteed, he's guaranteed to be the favorite. The question is 8-5, to 9-5, to 2-1, to 5-2. to I don't think he'll be any less than 8-5. to five. I think that's the lowest it could go. How much of a favorite are we looking at with Epicenter? I, I agree with you. Soft favorite. 
somewhere between eight to five and five to two because Secret Oath is going to take some money. I think early voting is going to be a wise guy horse and take some money. Uh, and some of the horses that are going to round out the field in the Preakness don't have a lot of chance. I, I don't think uh, – so I, I, I see the money being concentrated in kind of a small group. Epicenter, you could make the argument, comes into the race in a very similar pattern as Secret Oath does. He has run once a month since November, targeted the Derby to bring him to that point. And he almost pulled it off, but at the same time, he had a pretty clean trip, didn't he, Jody? I mean, you yes. can't really make excuses for him, especially when it's the longest shot on the board that jumps up and nails him. Um, so the question becomes, is he a fleet Alex who didn't have his best day on Derby Day and then romped in the Preakness and Belmont? Or did his weakening the last 16th of a mile in the Derby give us an indicator that he prepped really hard for the Derby, was just a little bit past his peak effort, and running back in 14 days may not be the perfect situation for him. Again, like the Philly, plenty of ability to win a race like this. He if, is a good, good horse. Oh, a lot if, of respect for him. If, if it's you been thought a long he campaigned for him, though, if you thought he was weakening, then you, would you say the same about Zandon? I, I give yes. more credit to the winner than I do detract from the second and third place horses. I thought certainly in, in Epicenter's race, he won a he ran a borderline winning race. He just got beat by a horse that he didn't expect to be coming the way that he did. And uh, everybody got caught a little flat-footed, including those of us at the windows. Um, so I, I'll give more credit than I will questioning the Epicenter performance and ride. I think he learned a racing lesson for it and will be better for it, and that's why I think he's going to be the favorite in this race, and he should be. Um, you said you think he's going to be a little closer. He wasn't that far off, and as you also pointed out, got the great trip. I think it's just one of those things, and he should be the favorite coming into this race. If he gets the same trip again, I don't think there's anybody that's beaten him. The interesting decision for Joel Rosario in this race is going to be when Secret Oath makes her move, if she runs the same way that she has in the last two races, and goes wide. And Joelle sees that. Is he going to respect her enough that he feels like he has to go with her at that point and take the risk of moving too soon and getting nailed the last 50 yards again like he did in the Derby? Or, you know Joelle as well as I do, Joelle tends to be a little patient rather than patient. a little aggressive. Oh, he is will, very patient. Will, will he make an adjustment and save a little bit and make a little bit later run than he did in the Derby, which might have worked in that case in hindsight, which is much easier. I'm not picking on the guy. But uh, it, it's interesting tactically to, to think about how this horse and post position will play a little bit in that because Joel's very good at saving ground. And, you know, if this horse is to draw an inside – it's actually going to be an advantage because he can watch from the outside if Secret Oath makes that big move and help himself time it, assuming he gets out in time. All right, let me ask you about a horse that I played in the uh, uh, Kentucky Derby, and he ran a creditable race. As a matter of fact, if I've watched it back once, I've watched it back ten times. At the just coming out of the far turn, almost straightening out for the stretch, Sim, uh, simplification was actually about three quarters of a length ahead of Rich Smart, uh, Rich Strike. 
and he was outside and Rich Strike was inside. He had him clear, maybe even by a full length, and he decided to just go even wider. He was wide to begin with, and he decided to go wider. Uh, the eventual winner decided to duck in on the rail, which, of course, was the better of the two moves. I wonder if Simplistic had decided, no, inside is better for me, too, how the race would have played out. But uh, because of the ground save, that was the difference between the winner, part of the difference, uh, and Simplistic finishing fourth. Um, he showed tactical speed again, can come off if there is a fast pace up front he is another horse who has been at the track danced a lot of dances does he have any uh juice left in the lemon what do you think simplistic's chances are in the preakness yeah i'm i'm with you on just about all of that again another horse that comes into the race have to worry if he's one race past his peak uh which for him might have been back in florida uh, because he wasn't able to run that race back from the Fountain of Youth back in the Florida Derby. Uh, he did run very credibly in the Kentucky Derby, but with a significant change in tactics, back to the Fountain of Youth style, take him a few lengths back. In the Florida Derby, he was ridden very aggressively, and that didn't pan out at all. So you can expect the same here. Horse with a long campaign coming back in 14 days. The seven-wide trip is a double-edged sword for him. On the one hand, it makes you think this horse ran better than the amount of lengths beaten by the winner in the Kentucky Derby or strike. At the same time, that's a harder race to come back from in 14 days. He True. ran a lot further than a lot of these horses. And having had all of those preps in Gulfstream Park in succession the way that he did, is that going to be a negative for him? He might well inherit a nice pace to run at if he's ridden patiently again. Um, he certainly would benefit from saving a little bit more ground than he did in the Kentucky Derby. Uh, just as you know, over the years when we do this, when we get to this Preakness race, I'm always intrigued by the fresher horses. And he, he wouldn't be a horse you'd put in that category, good as he is. Understood. But who is the fresh horse? The quote-unquote new shooter who's coming in, didn't run in the Derby. Uh, I, I don't love any of those who are injecting themselves here for the second race, uh, we mentioned the, the filly who's coming in. Okay, she ran in the derby. She ran a day before, so she's got one extra day of race. Who is the best new shooter in this group? The buzz horse is going to be early voting, who Chad Brown is trying to replicate what he did with cloud computing. Managing a horse lightly with a lot of talent, skipping the derby, taking advantage of the preakness with some tired horses, and... Early voting ran very well in the Wood Memorial, only beaten a neck by Mo Donegal, who might have run better in the Kentucky Derby if he hadn't drawn the rail. It's a serious horse. True. Uh, he's a little bit style challenged. He has to have the lead, it looks like to me. There's not much taking him back. That's a little bit problematic. Maybe makes him a poor value bet. But on raw ability, this horse has a lot more upside than the previous horses we've been talking about. I don't think we've seen early voting's best race yet. Um, Armagnac being a late addition to this race is problematic for this horse because I have to imagine the, the tactics with him are going to be send early. And Secret Oath almost guaranteed to make that middle move to press even further. Early voting's going to have to have matured a lot since the moon memorial to take all that pressure and keep going. He's going to have to be every bit as good as Chad Brown's Preakness winter cloud computing was. And that's, that's a tall mark. 
It sounds like both you and I like Epicenter's chances. We'll be the favorite. Not going to be even money. If you can live with eight, eight to five, that might be what it is. Simplification will get some of my action again. I think the point about being as wide as he was both turns uh, was a good one, and I think they will attempt to stay a little bit closer and try and maybe save some ground. So post position will be important to me as to where simplification draws. Those are my top two. You've got epicenter and who as your top two. You know, again, back to fresh horses. I think Creative Minister is the outlier here. Really? He's a really interesting horse. Undefeated going two turns, two for three. He doesn't get any extra rest in between races. He won on Derby Day as well, and he's never run against horses this good in his life. But he showed a lot of promise, especially in his last race, and he's only made three races to date, just like early voting. So there's a ton of upside here. And we're dealing with a trainer named Kenny McPeak, who knows how to do this? He brought Swiss Skydiver in here off of the Oaks to win the Preakness. He just needs to follow the same pattern and may have actually, considering he's done it before, may have had it in mind with this horse all along, knowing he didn't break his maiden until March. Might have realized, hey, I'm not going to get to the Derby. There's no way. But, man, if I can win this allowance race at Churchill, maybe we'll take a shot at the Preakness. So as opposed to betting your money on horses that are one race past their target goal, this horse may have been aimed at this race for the last six months specifically. And that plus his two emphatic wins coming into this make him pretty dangerous, especially for a horse you're going to get 10 to one on red hot rider, Brian Hernandez value wise. He's the play in here. Hands right, down t- to me. I'll absolutely tell you why. And and I'll handicap it and see if I can see the same things you do. But I know why I eventually won't go heavy on him. For the line of thinking for Ken McPeak, the way you laid it out to be right, he had to believe that Smile Happy was not going to win the Kentucky Derby, who I thought had a chance to win the <laughs> Kentucky Derby, and he didn't. So he's got this as plan B. Maybe a cash would every once in a while plan B comes in or C or D or E or F like uh, strike which was in the uh, Kentucky Derby. Uh, so we will uh, see if it is one of the new shooters. Gary, great stuff. Always a pleasure, my friend. I will get back with you again in three weeks when we get to Belmont Park. Thank you, Mux, for coming on tonight. No, thank you for having me, Jody. It's always a lot of fun. Take care. My pleasure. Gary Mandela, West Coast trainers, Father Richard, Hall of Fame trainer. Gary's got a good string of his own horses, and he used to do uh, television, TV handicapping. Now he just does it on the radio with me when I ask him to, and he always does a great job. All right, Jody Mack coming back. We've got uh, NBA action underway. We've got NHL action ongoing. We've got some uh, football to talk about. I didn't get that yet in today. I do need to do that in the last hour and 40 minutes of the show. You'll help me on my phones, 855-212-4227. Get aboard with the Mac Man. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.